This is the Easy Living Yards Podcast. I'm Ben Hale, your host with plenty of curb appeal. Let's jump in and learn how to have a healthy, beautiful yard with less work so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. What's up and welcome to episode 33 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Today we are talking about easy ways to boost curb appeal. So today's episode is all about simple, quick, easy things we can do to really make the front of our house, the front of our property really pop and to make some big substantial changes whether you're looking to move soon or you just kind of want to spruce things up a little bit. What's the the biggest bang for the buck and the the most value out of your time you can get with some simple changes. So that's what we're focusing on today. Not necessarily big design overhauls or anything like that, but just kind of quick and easy stuff we can do to really improve things and the look of our house and how it looks to our visitors or when we're trying to sell our house um, or just our neighbors even or to ourselves to welcome us home. So what are the biggest things we can do with the least amount of effort to really make some substantial change. Now, before we get into all of that today, I want to talk about uh, a new addition to the show. So I was thinking of of what are some fun things we can add to the show to kind of give a little bit of variety to it, uh, maybe make it some fun stuff. And a lot of times I really get a lot of these questions about just easy plants. What is an easy plant that I can put in such and such a place in my yard and just kind of forget about it. And I have a lot of great resources for that. And uh, But I also thought that maybe what we could do is just at the beginning of every show or, or, or beginning of every couple shows, we can... Uh, talk about a specific plant that I love uh, for its ease of use and as well as for its beauty. So we're going to give it a shot today. I want to hear what you guys think about it. Uh, So let me know in today's show notes. If you click there, uh, you can go over on today's episode webpage and and leave leave me a note in the comments or shoot me an email and let me know what you guys think about this. So so we're going to have a today's favorite plant segment. So today's favorite plant is goldenrod. And the reason I've picked goldenrod today is because it's just starting to come in bloom around here. So uh, we're talking about late August, early September, mid-September is when goldenrod starts to come into its own uh, across the most of the United States. So if you live in the southern United States, it might be kind of early September time frame. Uh, and uh, in the northern U.S., you might be talking like late September uh, time frame. So... Uh, Sometimes it creeps a little into August or, or as late as October, but it, it, it kind of blooms for a whole month, actually, and, and you get this beautiful burst of this golden yellow color. And so goldenrod, when we're talking about goldenrod, there are uh, various species in the Solidago genus. So the genus is Solidago. It's in the show notes if you guys want to check it out. And I'll have a link to uh, where you can find more about more information about goldenrod if you want to plant it in your own yard. So the cool thing is here, or I guess it's kind of a funny thing, is here in the U.S., goldenrod's kind of considered a weed, and it's actually gotten a bad rap. So when I said goldenrod, if you kind of like uh, wrinkled your nose a little bit or were like, oh, what's what's he talking about goldenrod for? Uh, with a bad rap, a lot of times people think that, that goldenrod causes a lot of allergies. And 
Of course, any flowering plant can cause you allergies if you get you know, inhale a little, little bit of the pollen. But the reality is, like most colored flowers that we like to uh, cut or pick or have around our property, uh, plant in the yard, um, it, it is a uh, not a wind-pollinated flower. Instead, it is a insect pollinated flower. So the pollen is a lot heavier than airborne pollen. So people think just because goldenrod is in bloom that it's potentially to blame for a lot of fall uh, allergies, uh, hay fever, that sort of thing. The reality is a lot of time the the plant to blame is ragweed, which happens to come in bloom and is a wind pollinated uh, plant that comes into bloom uh, with pretty nondescript flowers right around the same time as goldenrod. So uh, consider goldenrod even if you have fall allergies because more than likely it's not the culprit. Uh, instead, goldenrod is a harbinger of fall. And on one hand, it makes me kind of sad because we've got cooling weather, uh, sh- shorter days coming along. But at the same time, it's it's a herald of the, the beauty and the, the wonderful changes that fall brings about too. And it brings this bright golden hue into the landscape well into fall. And it's so beautiful. So consider goldenrod um it has that beautiful yellow color most all the varieties of goldenrod are still that same uh golden yellow color now uh this plant is great in groups there's a lot of cultivated varieties and uh i kind of got it into mentioning it earlier but didn't really finish the thought was that the funny thing is so it's yeah considered a weed across a lot of the united states well you move over to europe and this is a prized specimen in people's gardens so it's kind of funny you know based on where you live and and where something naturally occurs we have a different perspective on it so consider goldenrod uh especially because uh if you look at it in a different light it's actually a beautiful plant and and provides a wonderful burst of color as well as that um kind of nice ver- vertical form with those those soft flower heads and and they they turn to seed this nice wispy uh white hue uh kind of grayish wispy seed head that lasts throughout the fall and winter which also brings a lot of beauty as well as uh, attracts a lot of birds uh to the landscape as well so it, it adds a lot of activity to your garden uh in those times of year when everything kind of kind of seems a little dead um, so goldenrod brings about the life in the winter as well with its seed heads. So consider goldenrod. It's great in grouped plantings as well as in naturalized areas. So in the naturalized areas, a lot of times the straight species works really great. Uh, For the grouped plantings and in your planting beds, you might want to consider maybe some of the cultivated varieties that have better stature or form um, or different types of flower heads and also the various species that come along with it. So uh, so for today's favorite plant, goldenrod is the featured plant, and uh, I definitely consider it if you like that burst of yellow in the late summer when things are starting to lose color and that sort of thing. It's a wonderful uh, breath of fresh air, I guess, into your landscape. So there's one other thing I want to talk about before we get into the main meat of today's show, and that is I have an awesome resource I've compiled of all of my free content, my free giveaways that I have uh, put out through my site over at easylivingyards.com. And so if you want to check out all of the freebies, so I've got tons of stuff there. It's things like a rainwater catchment calculator. So if you're planning a rain garden or you want to put in a rain barrel and you want to find out how much uh, 
to, uh, to capture off of a certain area, you can calculate that with this free giveaway. I have a ton of free plant lists, so easy plants to maintain. Uh, if you're from Ohio, I have a giant Ohio plants list database um, that I've compiled with the help of a lot of designers across Ohio, uh, low-maintenance designers. So from the top experts across Ohio, they've compiled this wonderful resource along with my help. And uh, a lot of other giveaways like this, guys. So tons of stuff there. If you want to check it out, you can go to ely.how slash free. That's ely.how slash F-R-E-E. And you can see a giant list of all the free resources that are available there uh, on my uh, website. So ely.how slash free will take you to all of the free giveaways. So if you feel like you've missed out on certain giveaways over time, uh, you can check that out. And if you can't hear in the background, there is a storm rolling in as I'm recording in my mobile high-tech recording studio, aka my car. Uh, and uh, it's sending me some awesome background noise for the uh the podcast here i don't know if the mic is picking it up or not but it's kind of cool sounding it looks like right now i'm safe uh, not not any major downpour coming in within the next few minutes so let's see if we can bang out this show maybe some cool background audio for us here uh hopefully not any major wetness coming through uh, because it is hot right now and i have the windows down a little bit on my recording studio and uh i'm gonna have to roll those windows up if it gets rainy and it's gonna be even hotter Anyway, all right, well, let's get into the main part of our show. Okay, so let's move on into how to spruce up your front entry. So when we're talking about easy ways to boost curb appeal, there's a couple things um, that go into the whole term of curb appeal. You know, it kind of sounds fun. It sounds a little uh, uh, trendy or whatever to say. Uh, And the reality is curb appeal, what, what it means is that, you know, when somebody's coming past your landscape or coming into your property, it really catches the eye. It really draws you in and makes you want to be there. Makes Maybe makes your neighbors a little envious or something, right? So that's what curb appeal is. Uh, it gives you a sense of pride or ownership in your property or, or it could help with selling your home. So all of these things are important, uh, especially if, you know, if you're looking to move and you're looking to do it soon. Uh, some easy ways to boost your curb appeal are really important. So how do we do that? I'm going to break this into a few categories for today. Uh, So we're going to be talking about your front garden area, your entry walk, your front porch, your front door, uh, the lighting around your property, and the overall view as well. So with all those things taken into consideration, let's start with the front garden. So when we're talking about the front garden, there are a couple things I think about that can really make a big change. First, let's talk about the intent of a front garden. So the front garden is kind of supposed to serve as a transition between your landscape, your yard, and your house. So the built structure, the built environment of your home, right? So you have this natural environment or or so-called natural space that is your landscape, and then you have the built uh, human space that is your home. And so Obviously, there's a, a quite a stark difference between a, a semi-natural, you know, a, a lawn's not exactly natural in the in the truest sense of the word, but, but what I'm talking about here is it uses natural products, right? So dirt, soil, and plants, right? So you, you're talking about a natural space compared to a built space, which is rock, stone, wood, exactly. So you're talking about very hard edges contrasted with uh, a lot of soft edges that are, are characteristic of a landform. And so a lot of what landscaping is, is to kind of merge that difference or, or kind of, you know, 
gradualize the the transition there, especially when it comes to your front landscaping bed. And so with your front garden, that's the first intent of that. Is is this garden uh, serving that purpose for your property? Is your garden serving as a transition between your landscape and your house? Is it kind of soft? You know, a lot of times what you want to do is soften some of the hard edges. So uh, the the corners of your house, is there something to kind of that blocks, you know, the, where the corner of your house meets the ground, for example. So that's why you see uh, at the very basic level when contractors put in a landscape planting for a home, it's kind of just, you know, a couple boxwoods or a couple uh, taxes bushes, yew uh, bushes along the base of your home and maybe along your front entry walk. And it kind of softens that transition somewhat, not not a, a ton, but, you know, it's a quick, easy way for contractors to throw something in there so it doesn't look like such a, just a, you know, a, a block of concrete and wood and siding uh, sitting on top of uh, a green lawn, and that's it. So it, it ser- serves to somewhat soften that transition. And the best thing you can do, if that's all you have on your landscape right now, is to add a little bit of variety, add a little bit of interest beyond your typical contractor planting. So um, I'm not going to get into tons of specifics there because I've talked a lot about uh, how to design some of that stuff. And so I've got a reference in the show notes uh, for you as well that I'll mention later in the show as well. But you can check out uh, Easy Living Yards episode 24, which is Front Yard Landscaping Ideas. And there I go into a lot more detail about this stuff. uh, So you can check that out for sure. But again, going back to the front garden, uh, one of the other purposes is to frame your house or to kind of give it some context. So with framing, what I mean is, is does your kind of garden add a sense of, of balance to your landscape and how your house sits in it? So do you have some plants on both sides of your house, for example, on both sides of the front of your house? Sometimes this isn't so easy. And so this isn't like a hard set rule, but when you look at your house, does it feel like it fits? Um, or do, do maybe some plants help that do they help it fit in a little bit better? So um, a lot of times people like to add, uh, people, I mean, uh, landscape designers like to add these columnar-shaped plants. So plants with vertical structure more than horizontal structure uh, at the edges of your home. And that's something I certainly like to do as well when I think about a landscape planting for a home right at the foundation is uh, start with some of those columnar structure plants that aren't going to outgrow your home, but, you know, are going to grow a little bit to, to add some verticality to your garden. And that's what I mean by transitioning the space. So, so some plants that have some verticality and then kind of step down and flow down towards the, the ground level. And that's what your garden should do. And, and by framing it, does it, does it serve that purpose on all sides of your house in the front? Uh, so the left side, the, the right side, uh, maybe even towards the middle, if you have a middle gardening bed uh, alongside your driveway, can you frame your driveway this way too? So those are some things to think about with your front garden. So I'm not talking about a complete overhaul of your front garden here. If you want to do that, definitely check out episode 24 before you do so. Um, but here are there just a few plants that you could add to really add some interest to your front garden. Okay, so 
that's enough on that. Uh, is your front garden clean? Is it free of clutter? Is it free of uh, so-called weeds, right? Unwanted plants there. So could you maybe clean it up a little bit? Maybe your front garden bed just needs a good layer of mulch each year. Uh, you know, in the in the spring or the fall, you decide to add a good thick layer of mulch, and that'll prevent a lot of weed issues and also just some unruly plants at the same time. So uh, if you like the, the mulching idea, and you, especially if you like space between your plants, that to be honest, that's not always my style, but I can also appreciate the clean look of this style. And uh, so make sure you have a good thick layer of mulch. And I'm talking like three to four inches at the very minimum. Uh, and four to six is even better. Uh, so that good cushion of mulch, for one, it'll add to building up your soil and adding, you know, continue a plant health uh, just by building up your soil over time. But also uh, that thick layer of mulch serves as a pretty functional weed barrier without killing your soil soil health. And uh, that's really important. So um, consider using mulch to kind of clean up your space. And also just, you know, occasional trimming or pruning might really clean your space up uh, quite a bit. So consider how it does it look kind of scruffy. And if so, maybe that's the intent of your garden. And there's some very beautiful professional gardens that kind of have like a so-called rough or scruffy look or a naturalized look a little bit. And if that's, if that looks uh, correct, it can be very beautiful. But a lot of times it doesn't really come off the right way. And so if that's the case with your landscape, maybe just a quick trim a little bit here and there can really go a long way to make a difference in making a nice clean landscape that pops for your front garden. Okay. And likewise, is it free from clutter? So do you have like, you know, maybe your garden border is a little messed up. Can you fix it up a little bit? Uh, is there some stuff just kind of cluttering up your front garden? Uh, so a lot of times hoses get there, right? So is, is the hose in the way or, or some fixtures that you use, some tools that you use frequently? Is there a way to maybe put those in like a, a nice looking container that doesn't look, uh, doesn't add to the clutter uh, or take away from the feng shui of your, your garden, right? So are there some simple things to decrease clutter in your front garden? Does your does your garden have a, a clear structure to it? So is there, when I talked about, you know, the various forms that, like a columnar structure that can really help uh, transition your, your landscape or soften the edges of your house within your landscape, uh, also do you have clear structure? So do you have various forms of plants that really kind of stand out from each other? Or is it just kind of a big blob of plants? Um, and so by making sure you have clear, defined structures between your plantings can really go a long way too. So is there, maybe if things are just a little overgrown, maybe if there were plants that were put there that are just kind of out of place now, maybe they've outgrown the space. And so it wasn't properly planned to put in the right plants in the right space so that now they've outgrown it right so maybe you have to remove stuff or maybe you have to prune it every year to two years um, so just consider that um, so having well-defined structures between your different plants and plantings can really make a big difference to looking just like neat and clean and and well designed and last does your overall front garden have a welcoming feel to it so this is you know kind of a very uh intangible thing it's very tough to describe how this you know how a feeling translates to something specific but when you look at your landscape does it make you feel welcome is there something that sticks out that maybe you could change about it uh, and just to kind of sit there and reflect on this and think about okay what could make my landscape look more welcoming or have a better feel to it uh, and and are there things that I could change to enhance that Okay, so enough about the front garden. Let's move out a little bit away from the house and talk about the entry walk. 
Okay, so when it comes to the entry walk, if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, you have made maybe heard me talk about the entry walk with a little bit of chagrin because this is one of the most often uh, underwhelming spaces of many landscapes, and it's not necessarily to the fault of you, specifically the homeowner, uh, but a lot of times it's the fault of the, the home developer. So a lot of times landscapes are put in around a home and it's, there's very little thought to it. And a lot of times it's a bare minimum thing. So the front walk is a prime example of this where a lot of most front walks, a lot of the time are about three feet wide. And so this is exactly the case in our yard right now. So we're looking to redesign it right now, actually. And uh, I have a lot to come on that in the future. So stay tuned. But, um, But yeah, a three foot wide walkway is barely wide enough. It's basically the bare minimum for single file uh, passage to your house. So if you want a welcoming space and you're you're restricted to three feet, you know, you're not if you have a group of people coming to visit or even a a, just a, you know, a family may say, say a, a mother and her child coming to visit. Well, then the mother has to lead the child in front of her down the walkway or else behind her and can't just sit there and walk hand in hand down your walkway. So can you imagine whether that feels welcoming? No, instead it feels, uh, it kind of funnels people into the space and restricts access, which is totally counterintuitive to trying to make a welcoming space to your home. And so how can you enhance this? Well, of course, uh, you can, you can redo your walkway, right? Um, and we could talk about some simple ways to do that, but the reality is generally that's a lot more work, right? Widening your walkway is a lot of work and, and it takes a little bit of an investment too. Well, what else can you do? Well, first, if you have some plantings that, that are planted next to your walkway, which can be very appealing, uh, you got to make sure that you're not restricting access even further, especially for those narrow walks that are the default on most people's houses. So make sure any overarching plants are trimmed back to where they're not going to people don't have to kind of brush by them because it really does uh, mentally restrict the space. Now, at the same time, while we want to uh, uh, remove some of the overgrowth, if you're Um, walk is overgrown somewhat with plants neighboring it. If you don't have any plants along your walkway, sometimes a really beautiful thing you can do that really makes the space feel welcoming is to frame your walkway with plants. Now, of course, to uh, go in tandem with what I just said, these plants, you got to make sure you plant them in a way where they're not going to end up restricting access. So you don't want plants that will end up growing over your walkway or kind of are going to flop and and cover part of your walkway. Instead, you want them to grow where they're going to fill the space next to your walkway without encroaching on your walk, uh, specifically for your, if you have a more narrow walkway. Now, if you have a walkway that's say six feet wide or something can actually be very beautiful. And it's a, it's a preferred design aesthetic for a lot of designers to have plants that kind of flop a little bit over the walkway because you're not significantly restricting access when you're talking about a much wider path. And so you have the free reign and liberty to do so. But if you have a much narrower pathway, you want to make sure that access is unrestricted as possible to make it seem as an open enough space as well as in a welcoming space. Now, okay, let's jump into, let's say you do have a really narrow walkway and you actually do want to widen it, but you don't want to spend tons of work on it, right? So what can you do uh, to potentially widen your walkway without having to invest a massive amount in removal 
uh, or extension or widening of your walkway. Okay, well, there's a few things, actually. Um, When it comes to simple options for widening your walkway, uh, one is to add a paver border. So if you think of your typical concrete path, if you invest in a small amount of so this will be like a weekend project or something but uh you know much fewer materials than if you were to replace the whole walkway so what you could do is add a border of paver stones along each side of your walkway and so it kind of adds a an edge to your walkway uh it it serves as like a visual frame and also a directional um uh, aesthetic to your walkway as well. So it, it kind of really frames and adds direction to your to your walkway is I guess what I'm trying to say there. And so it, to provide the proper underlayment and the materials uh, to lay down the materials on your walkway, you're talking maybe a weekend project, but again, much less expensive and much less uh, investment than having to tear up your current walkway and to re-pour or relay a whole walkway, right? So this is a much easier approach that can be very beautiful if done properly. And so um, if you're considering that, just make sure you, you understand how to properly prepare the space before you put in the paver stone. So you can't just kind of dig a hole and put in paver stones. So you got to make sure you have the right underlayment. So that might be a, a weed barrier um, as well as potentially a gravel underlayment. So make sure you research it a little bit and do the right thing there. Um, it'll prevent you a lot of maintenance issues in the future. Okay, so another option is uh, something like a gravel border. Um, Now, these can be a little bit of a pain if people actually walk on them a lot, but at least visually, it widens the space. It reduces um, the restriction uh, perspective of your walkway, and it can just kind of, yeah, it makes the, the space feel more welcoming and open. So what you can do with a gravel border is a lot of times what I prefer is if you basically you frame your gravel border on either side with some durable edging such as some metal edging so you have some edging uh, it could potentially even be on on the side of your walkway as well as on the side by your garden bed and or your lawn whatever it is your walkway borders and and then you so you totally frame your gravel border and you put in again an appropriate underlayment underneath your gravel that allows drainage but uh re- prevents uh uh, soil infiltration and root um, growth underneath your gravel border and and so that way you reduce long-term maintenance issues you can add a, a lot of beautiful aesthetic if you have you know a beautiful gravel like a crushed gravel you put there and um, it can again widen the space so it can look very attractive now with both of these options Uh, I really suggest you head over to episode 28 where I talk about garden edging made easy. So I talk specifically about some of these options and how to do it in more detail. And you can really consider whether this is right for you in your space. And this, again, is something we potentially are considering for our space right now uh, in our own property. So something to consider. Okay, enough said about the walkway. Let's move up your walkway to your front porch. When it comes to your front porch, it it might seem like it goes without saying, but this is something I could use my own advice for, is keep it clean, right? If you really want to enhance curb appeal, keep it free of clutter, keep it clean, and and use the front porch for something more of an eye-catching appeal space as opposed to a functional space. Now, 
that's really difficult sometimes with a family, right? So that's, uh, I have three boys under the age of six right now. And so you can imagine that a lot of times there's toys that end up on our front porch, a lot of swimsuit drying that happens and towel drying that happens in the the warmer weather, Uh, a lot of boot drying or (laughs) boot dirt management, I guess is another way to say it. Um, or snow boots end up going on there, that sort of thing. And and so it can be difficult sometimes to keep your front porch free of clutter. Now, if you do that, though, uh, from the street view, just uh, physically, the place looks much cleaner um, and, and much sharper to the eye. And there's not something that stands out that draws the eye in and, and gives a sense of clutter or uh, messiness to the space. So keeping it clean is really important. This also goes for dirt. <laughs> Our front porch seems to just be like a magnet for all sorts of dirt, whether it's uh, spider webs or just uh, a bunch of debris that piles up on our porch so we do it does take a little bit of maintenance and work to keep our porch clean but it's um it's something that i can right now uh enlist the help of my young helpers and they'll gladly jump in with a uh push broom that's larger than themselves to help clean it up and so uh, that's something you can do to uh, at least reduce the burden on yourself is to just uh try and get your kids into the habit of keeping it clean as well Now, the next thing you can do is to add appropriate decor to your front porch. Now, uh, this can easily be overdone. And uh, so I'm not talking about all the gaudy decorations for every season that need to go out on your front porch, but just a few elements of decor here and there uh, can really go a long way to making your space feel welcoming, uh, to making it pop. Uh, and making it fun too. And so uh, you, you think about uh, a lot of the like Pinteresty type. Uh, oh, that reminds me, guys. I have, I totally forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show. I have a, a Pinterest board that I've put together with uh, quite a few ideas of what I'm talking about today. So, so definitely stick around, check out the show notes uh, so you can check out if you guys have a Pinterest account. I, I don't know if you can browse it without a Pinterest account, to be honest, uh, but, but definitely check it out either way. See if you can. And there's a lot of photos that I just kind of gathered from around the, the, the Pinterest Pinterest ether uh, to to kind of visualize what I'm talking about today. I'm going to try and do that more often with with a lot of the shows since I know that landscaping is a very visual process, right? So I'm going to try and and come up with some more examples for you guys just from uh, what I can find across Pinterest or elsewhere, and so that way it's a little bit more helpful to go along with what I'm talking about in the show. You can check out the links to my Pinterest boards in uh, in the show notes. So okay, I'll say more about that at the end of the show, but just. Keep Keep that in mind, uh, especially with this too. Um, so what I was going to say is like, you know, you see those kind of cutesy signs that maybe somebody can put up to welcome you into the space. Um, maybe your, your last name uh, with, you know, and on a nice uh, fancy looking board or whatever, or your address, uh, same thing. So uh, just some very simple uh, decor that can really go a long way to just creating a bit of a more welcoming space. Uh, right now, my wife has a wreath that we put underneath our um, our porch light, so it's a very, um, uh, I guess, I, what, what's the best way? Uh, like a, a time neutral wreath, so it looks very seasonally appropriate no matter what the season. So it's not full of like certain types of berries that are present at a certain time of year or anything like that. It's just a a crafty looking wreath that um, sits up there for most of the year 
and and then during the holidays and such we might replace it with something else that's more appropriate but for most of the year it looks really nice and it kind of just you know it creates a, a nice uh, um, visual enhancement to the front porch space now we have a pretty small stoop for our front porch and so we can't do too much because it is easily overdone and now one of the things uh seasonally appropriate that my wife likes to do is she'll uh she likes to put out a few hay bales uh during the fall months with some pumpkins on there and a a few garden mums and they they look really pretty as well so of course there's certain times when you can do a bit more and it looks nice because it's very seasonally appropriate and there's other times where things are easily overdone so just you know try and have a a sense of taste for for what looks appropriate given the time of year and now that said, you know, maybe you think, well, well, it's summer right now or, you know, we're kind of winding down in summer. So maybe maybe my son's uh, swim towels and swimsuits and swim shoes are are seasonally appropriate. Right. But the, you know what I'm saying? They're not exactly decor. It's a it's kind of a cop out on my part. So I will do better. I will commit to doing better with cleaning our front porch and removing the clutter from it. And I'm going to ask you to commit to doing the same. How about that? All right. Now, another option which is something we're in the middle of sprucing up our front entry. So the front porch, front garden. So that's kind of the inspiration for this show. And one of the things we're doing is adding some potted plants to our landscape. So potted plants can be very difficult because if you're not doing it right, it's a lot of work and a lot of commitment to have a potted plant in your landscape because you're required to water it and you're required to attend to it, fertilize it, uh, repot things and that sort of thing to keep it going. And some of that is inevitable. However, if done properly, you can have some very low maintenance potted plantings. And that's what we're looking for. That's what we are starting to do on our front porch. And so we have some self-watering planters that we'll be putting on our space. So basically what a self-watering planter is, I'll be going to that in a future episode. So there's a little teaser for you. But a self-watering planter is a planter with a reservoir in the bottom that you can fill up. And that reservoir, as it's being emptied, it wicks water up to the potted plant area, and so it continually uh, adds moisture to the potting area, and your plant has consistent moisture over long term, and you only need to water it every so often. So it's something really interesting uh, that I love uh, as far as potted plants go. And pairing that with the appropriate plant is very important as well. So a plant that's matched to the light conditions, the temperature conditions uh, of your space Uh, is really important that thrives in a potted situation uh, is very important as well so um, uh, the hardier the plant the better but of course you want something that looks right you don't just want like a scruffy little weed thing that can withstand everything in your pot so you want something that looks right and i'll get into that in the future i believe that's episode 33 so stay tuned Um, but for now consider adding potted plants again don't overdo it now there are certain situations if you have a nice big porch and you're willing to invest you can actually put a ton of potted plants on your space and it looks actually really beautiful but um for the most of us we don't have the space for that and so keeping it simple and clean is the best way to do it so consider like say two pots that frame your door or two smaller pots that frame the front of your porch uh things like that that really uh fit into the space and um and and really enhance the space and make it look like well it's well cared for okay so um 
Next, uh, what about your classic welcome mat, okay? Now, ours is falling apart right now, so we I think we just got a new one. It's lasted a good uh, eight years for us, but it's one of those, like, fibery ones that had a nice... Uh, uh, decorative H on it for, you know, our last name. And, um, and, uh, it was nice, you know, it, it, it's just a nice touch. It feels bare without it. So consider your classic welcome mat. Um, my mom had one for the longest time in front of our house that I loved. Um, and so here's a shout out to you, mom, if you're listening, but, um, my mom has a thing for frogs. Okay. So if you ever want to give for my mom consider something that has frogs um but yeah she had a uh this welcome mat that it had the picture of two frogs on it it was this rubber mat and they were sitting on a lily pad and it said welcome to our pad which i guess maybe this is the root of where i uh started to get my love of uh puns and cheesy dad jokes but uh i loved that welcome mat because i thought it was hilarious anyway so (laughs) i don't know what the fate of the welcome to our pad welcome mat uh is but uh consider a welcome mat for your space it doesn't have to be cheesy or silly or funny but if you want it to be then uh if it matches your space then go for it uh but but something that just you know something that adds in in a way what the welcome mat does is just as your your front garden bed transitions your house to your landscape a welcome mat has the purpose of transitioning your interior to your exterior so it's one more transition between two different zones and that might sound like a stretch to you but but think about it's it's in a way it's a it's a um a more rugged carpet for your front porch right and so so that transition really helps with bridging that space Okay, so the last thing I want to say with your front porch is don't overdo it, okay? It's very easy to be overdone uh, by adding too much stuff, too much clutter, um, too many items in a, a potentially small space. A lot of times these days our front porches are pretty small, so keep it size appropriate, keep it um, quantity appropriate with whatever sort of decor or um, items you're putting in your space and make sure just at the end it looks clean and cohesive and welcome. Okay, so that's the key to your front porch. Now let's take one step forward and if you have a small porch, take a very small step forward and let's talk about your front door. Okay, now when it comes to your front door, it might seem like you can't do a whole lot. Well, maybe that's true, but if your house is a little bit older or outdated or whatever, there might be something you can do. Okay, so first, the front door itself, consider fresh paint or stain. So if you have a wooden door, man, don't paint that door. Man, wooden doors are so beautiful if if there's no paint on it yet or if there's paint underneath or if there's fresh wood underneath your paint, um, consider maybe stripping that paint off and staining in a beautiful stain and adding a lot of class to your front entry. Man, this is a personal thing, but I just love the look of a wooden front door. And so don't, you know, don't mess it up. And uh, likewise, if you have a metal door, then consider painting it, right? So can you add a touch of color to your front yard and your front landscape, your, your, the, the image that people see when they look at your house? Uh, a front door is a good way to do it. Now, when you're adding paint to your front door, make sure it matches your home. So make sure it matches the architecture, the trim, the siding, whatever it is. Make sure it matches because if it doesn't, it looks really out of place. But if you do it right, it can look really awesome. So one of the easy ways to do this is if you're considering painting your front door, make sure either your garage door, 
your trim or your shutters, if you have shutters, matches the front door. Okay, that's one way to make sure there's kind of a little bit of cohesion among the design. Now, every once in a while, you can paint a front door uh, totally different than any other color in your landscape, and it really pops, and it looks really fun. And that it, sometimes it works, but a lot of times it doesn't. So just make sure you're doing it right. Check out that Pinterest board again to look for a few ideas and, um, and consider what you can do with your front door. Okay? So along with your front door, any trim around your front porch, consider a color to accent or brighten your house or your yard. And again, this can easily be overdone. Uh, a lot of colors are too bright or if not done on the right house, just don't fit. And so it's really something very individually you have to think about what's right for your space. Now, again, with your front door, consider adding a touch of decor. Can you hang something on your front door? If, if it's not in your, your, on your porch, maybe you can put something on your door. And it could just be a simple little like welcome uh, sign. It could be a small wreath or something like that. Um, next, consider fresh hardware. So if your hardware just looks a little um, lame, or outdated so maybe you have just a simple doorknob can you add something that's just a little fancier a little nicer on our house we definitely prefer like the nickel finish type stuff um i don't know i guess gold's just not in vogue anymore or whatever but but we love like a brushed nickel appearance and i think it just looks really nice and clean um and so consider if if you can update your just even your front door hardware how does that look for welcoming people into your space. Now, of course, there's a small investment here, so consider if it's right for you. And the last thing, this seems like it's a no-brainer too, but a lot of times this isn't the case, especially if you have kids, uh, is clean the front window or clean the screen door, right? So uh, right now, this is something we're certainly at fault for. Is uh, it, it, I mean, if we cleaned it five hours ago, it's going to have smudges. That's the reality, folks. So don't overdo this, right? Don't freak out about it. But, but definitely every once in a while, just go with a little bit of Windex or a little bit of vinegar or, or whatever you're preferred cleaning agent is and clean your front window and it'll go a long way to just making a little bit more shine a little bit more clarity and uniformity to your front door okay enough said about the front door let's move on uh we're going to take a step away now so kind of walk back out front uh a little bit and look at the front of our house and consider lighting now this is something we're considering with our porch is updating our front porch light. Now, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of positive things to say here because we have looked at probably a couple hundred different light designs and we still aren't happy with any because, to be honest, so many of these designs out there, we we definitely don't have like your, you know, a, a modern architecture home, but we don't have some, you know, fancy old school house either that's uh, got some beautiful ornate architecture well unfortunately most porch lights out there they think that everybody has a home that was built in 1810 or something where it's such a beautiful front woodworked home and they have these like fancy little like wrought iron looking lights um, that just are a little bit ornate for my style Um, and so uh, make sure you've you pick a if you want to update your lighting for your porch light make sure it's a style that you like and hopefully you can find a style that you like out there also make sure that the the um lighting matches the the color you want to project on your 
on your area. So I w- I'll say more about that in just a minute. Um, but for now, um, back to the style. So, so if you want to update it, consider the right style. Right now, we have like this really old uh, porch light and also this like front um, light that's uh, out by our driveway. And for one, the front light out by the driveway doesn't work. So it's just kind of this this cobweb filled thing that that needs to go uh, but the one by the porch it's just you can tell it was the original one from our house built in 1975 and the 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 um the so-called glass uh here in this case it's plastic but it's like this ugly yellow color and the light barely shines through it and the rest of it's this black like ornate looking thing again from like 1810 style and it just doesn't fit and so um we're looking for something that looks a little cleaner a little bit more modern without being like overly modern you know what i'm saying like we don't want it to to look like it's um in a a house built in the 1960s that was like the trendy house of the 1960s. <laughs> I don't know if that example fits at all, but we're going to stick with it. Um, so anyway, just make sure it fits is, is the short answer there. Um, now, again, place your lighting in appropriate locations. Now, this is beyond your porch. I, I don't know how I feel with our landscape about landscape lighting, but certainly in other landscapes, it looks really wonderful. Uh, lining your front walk, for example, can be a really welcoming accent, especially if you welcome a lot of night guests. Also, some uh, soft lighting out by the front entrance of your driveway uh, can be very beautiful as well. So just consider some of the options about expanding lighting through your landscape. Um, now, now, there is something to be said to, especially for you, the, those of you who are environmentally or nature conscious, that um, the more light you have, the more it disrupts the natural activities of a lot of insects and birds. There's a lot more research coming out about this. So I would say for my personal preference, I like to keep it at a minimum, but also have something that makes a welcoming space at night. So and a safe space for that matter. So um, I just wanted to put that out there. There's actually a lot of research that's coming out that that city lights are uh, drastically affecting uh, the migration patterns of a lot of birds in, in a very negative way uh, because uh, they a lot of times they migrate at night and, um, and light affects that apparently. So um, anyway, uh, just, just make sure that the lighting you want to use is for good use and, and not just kind of wasted lighting out there. So, um, that said, um, consider your options. So led lighting is really coming into vogue. Now, uh, there's a lot more options available out there and, uh, there's also some really good options and some really not so good options when it comes to your led lighting. So, um, the, the nice thing about led lighting, it's very low energy for the most part. Um, it's also, uh, relatively inexpensive compared to a lot of other lighting options and highly versatile. So you can have uh, a lot of solar powered LED options. And again, this is where a lot of them kind of get a little bit cheap. So make sure you're getting a nice um, solar powered LED option. If you want the versatility of that, that fits in your space and isn't just going to be look like a little cheap, you know, $1 uh, solar LED light. Um, now, when it comes to LED options, the colors are also very important. So when it comes to the color of your lighting, uh, consider how it looks in your landscape. So that what I'm talking about here is that you have both these warm hues. So like if you think about incandescent bulbs, right, you have your, your soft white and you also have like your brighter daylight, like almost like a fluorescent bulb. Well, that's the case with LEDs now. They were always, uh, up until recently, always very cool spectrum, very bright uh, white bluish light 
And now there's a lot of warmer options as well. So consider for your space what's appropriate. So a warmer hue in general is a more comforting and welcoming hue of light. When it comes to a cooler hue, so a cooler shade of light, it's a bit cleaner and more modern. So make sure it fits the space and the the design and architecture of both your landscape, uh, your hardscape in your landscape, as well as your uh, architecture of your home. So make sure that kind of all matches, because if it's not done right, it looks a bit out of place. Okay, now on to the last bit. Uh, This is kind of a hodgepodge of ideas here, but let's think about the overall view of our home. So when it comes to the overall view, uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about. So first, consider your accents of your house and your landscape. So when I think about accents, we already talked about what we can do with the front door and the trim. What about your shutters? If you have shutters um, or you don't, consider either updating them. Ours are about to fall off on our house, so we're pretty much required to update them or remove them. Um, uh, Consider updating them or adding some or removing some, Uh, you know, based on the type of house you have, you know, uh, the different look of whether or not you have shutters can make a big difference. So just consider that for your landscape. Uh, What about some simple decor items? We talked about this already, but um, so items on the porch or on your front door, but also you can consider your garden. Now, when it comes to decor in your garden, this is something uh, kind of like your porch, but maybe even more so, is, is easily overdone. But maybe there's a few items that you could put out there as decor, decoration, um, that can really enhance your space. Um, now, I'm not talking about going and filling it with a bunch of little kissing baby angels and garden gnomes and and whatever. And, <laughs> and also those shiny balls. Um, now, if, if I've named you out in any of these situations, uh, you know... <laughs> I'll go for it, you know, just enjoy it. Uh, it's not my preference, but, um, uh, I, you know, I guess I'm calling you out in a way that it's not my thing. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of those shiny ball, uh, <laughs> accents down our street and it kind of makes me chuckle a little, but, um, uh, yeah, consider some decor options for your garden and whether or not it fits for your garden and, and whether or not it can enhance or accent basically does it add to your landscape or does it seem to distract from it and that's really how i am is is if you can find a way for adding to your landscape then it potentially adds some value and it's worth it now um with that said some of the things i consider for decor is is also stone are there some maybe some beautiful stone accents that you could add to your landscape that really enhance it Okay, next piece, clutter. We've kind of talked about it already, but just think of the general clutter around your landscape. Now, this isn't just my kids' swimsuits and towels and stuff, but also, like, think about, I mentioned it briefly, your hose. If you have a hose bib out front, how is your hose stored? Does it look like it's in the right place? Um, Can you store it or hide it in a better way? Uh, Can you make it actually an attractive feature? Maybe with a, you know, invest in a nice hose that's also well quality made that actually looks like, you know, kind of quaint or something if that fits your architecture. Um, Those sorts of things. Can can you reduce the clutter in your landscape? Um, Are there any out of place items? On our porch right now, we have those cheap little molded plastic chairs. Uh, We haven't invested in some nice quality stuff yet. And and so those cheap plastic chairs look really out of place. And um, it also, it kind of gives a message about our landscape and our space, our home, that maybe isn't the right message that we want to give. And so can you update it with something that uh, 
it doesn't look out of place that looks maybe a little bit more refined or a bit more fun uh, whatever the message or of your space wants to be a bit more relaxing um, so consider what you can do to uh, remove out of place items and, and again I'll, I'll harp on the hose reel a little bit the next thing is your trash can uh, it does your trash can again guilty as charged um does your trash can sit in front of your house or on the side of your house where it's easily visible? Can you somehow camouflage it? Now, I know a lot of people that actually store their trash can in their garage. Is that something you're willing to do? Are you willing to bear the smell of your trash inside your garage? Um, or is there a way you can kind of create a space for it outside where it's not sticking out like a sore thumb? So consider that. Um, next, your vehicles. Now, I'm not saying you have to go and invest in a, a Rolls-Royce and a Cadillac Escalade and, um, you know, whatever. But how are your vehicles, how do you keep them and store them on your landscape? How do you park them? Uh, could you maybe consider garage parking one of them to reduce this uh, apparent clutter on your space? Um, that sort of thing. Uh, maybe how you park them, you can do it in just maybe a little bit of a neater way that uh, makes your home look a bit more open and welcoming. Uh, now, it might seem a little weird, but just consider what you can do with your vehicles as well. What about your lawn and your garden? Are there bare spots that just look open and empty? Uh, maybe there's dead spots in your lawn. Can you enhance the look of your landscape just by uh, fixing a few of these smaller issues? And then the next piece is just, it's kind of a, a general thing. What about just general emptiness of your landscape? Does it feel empty? Does it feel like it's devoid of something? So uh, kind of what I'm talking about here, does it feel like it lacks character? So going back to your typical contractor installed landscape, right after they build the home, they scraped off all the topsoil, compacted the rest. Um, you know, you're left with nothing but some scrappy grass, maybe in a few boxwoods thrown at the base of your house and that's it. Does it just feel empty? Does it need some character? What are some simple things you can do to enhance that character? Start with the simple things, make it the big change with the simple things, and then move on to the more complex when you feel like you have the time. Uh, what about, do you just not have any gardens in your landscape? Maybe some adding some garden space would help. Now, of course, when you do this, you want to do it in a low-maintenance way. That's not going to add a ton of work. Uh, and that's why you're listening to this podcast, right? So how do you create a garden with less work? That's what we're talking about here on this podcast. So check out some of the previous episodes if that's you and you're wondering how to do that. But uh, certainly consider using gardens to enhance the appeal of your house in a way that doesn't take a ton of work. And last, do you just like, have no decor or accents? Do you have a bachelor pad? Now, if you're a woman listening to this show and you have no decor, I don't mean any slight at all by that, but I'm just saying if it weren't for my wife, we would not have some of the beautiful decor we, ha we have on our house. Uh, and, uh, and so I'm thankful for that because I do appreciate it. And, um, and so maybe you could just consider adding some simple decor items, uh, Enlist the help of your friends if, if that's not you. Or go check out on Pinterest, right, if, uh, if that's not you. And see what other people are doing. See what looks nice. See what you think would look right on your home. And, and that's the other thing is maybe something that looks right on your neighbor's home and your friend's home or somebody's home you see on Pinterest doesn't necessarily look right on your house. So think about what looks right and matches for your home and do that. Okay, guys, that's pretty much a wrap for today's show. I know it went a bit long. I, it went much longer than I expected, actually. But, but this is really important stuff. And, and being able to do some small things to make a big difference can really enhance your space. So um, 
I hope you guys are committed to taking action. Just consider one thing you can do from today's show that can really make a positive difference in your landscape. So can you enhance your porch? Can you enhance your front door? What about your front garden or your front walkway? What is it for you that you're going to do to help you save time in your landscape and also have, and you know, more importantly for today's show, something easy you can do to make a positive difference in your landscape, something that you can be proud of that makes you feel more welcome into your space and welcomes guests into your space as well. So head on over to ely.how slash episode 33. There I have several links you can check out. So uh, I referenced uh, the Garden Edging Made Easy episode, uh, which is episode 28. Also episode 24 for front yard landscaping ideas. If you want to get more in depth with making some changes, check out that episode. Also, I have a Pinterest board on uh, easy curb appeal ideas. So head on over to Pinterest uh, and check out that um, that board. You can click the link in the show notes to check that out. And as usual, if you have a question for the podcast, head on over to ely.how slash pod. That's ely.how slash pod. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, and you can, uh, right on the top of the page there, there's a button. You can click to ask me a question. Any question at all that you need help with in your landscape or something you don't know about, just head on over, ask a question, and I'll get back to you. And you might potentially be featured on the show as well in future episodes for a Q&A show. Now, uh, likewise, if you need some help, maybe this isn't your thing with front, you know, boosting your curb appeal. What's the some simple things you can do on your um, landscape to boost your curb appeal? Or maybe you want some more in-depth help with whatever it is in your landscape. Consider consulting with me. You can go over to ely.how slash consulting, and there you'll see the options to get in touch with me, to consult with me, and we can really move your landscape forward to make a positive difference in your landscape, help you save time on your landscape, and make a positive difference in your life. Now with that, guys, thanks for tuning in, and make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.